Dateline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic were spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Hello, and welcome to the 15th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Trespass. I am your host, Michael Cohen. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, I'm trying something a little bit different. I've, I've got a new audio recording program that I'm going to try, and hopefully I'll get rid of those uh, skips that some of you have been uh, complaining about in the last little bit. So here goes. Uh, let me know if this episode is better than the last couple in regards to quality. Um, and with that, let's get right into it. Let's go to the news. Uh, big news this week is that Fanboys has finally been released. Um, this isn't exactly Clone Wars related, but this is Star Wars related, and I think that everybody needs to know about this. Um, if you already listen to the Force cast, then you've probably been following the Fanboys story since it's... Uh, rocky beginnings and uh, and through all of the trials and tribulations it's gone through uh but it has finally been released the only problem is that it's been released to limited cities um and everybody who's a member of our of our uh facebook group would have gotten a message from me actually uh about this already uh it's playing in austin texas chicago illinois houston texas los angeles california New York, New York, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, San Francisco, California, and Seattle, Washington. Um, you can find out more information about where the screenings are exactly uh, on on uh, the force.net because um, they're they're really like they're really really tied in with the guys who made fanboys uh, with Kyle Newman and, and all those guys. Um, so they've definitely got more information than I do. Uh, I was going to try and go see this in Seattle, but things didn't come together. Uh, I thought that this was going to get a wider release than this, so I wasn't really prepared when a week ago I found out that it was going to be in limited release. So um, if you can, once you've heard this, if you're close by, get out there and see this movie this weekend so that they have a wicked opening weekend and uh, and they can go on to open the movie in a wider release so that those of us in other cities and those of us in other countries can eventually see this in the theater because I'd love to see this in the theater. I know I'll get to see it on DVD eventually, but I want to see it in the theater. So um, that there's that bit of news for everyone. Uh, the other bit of news for this week actually isn't even Star Wars related or uh, Clone Wars related rather. It's, uh, it's the Old Republic. Um, and that is an all-new Star Wars The Old Republic comic series is going to be uh, published exclusively online. And here's the news bit from uh, The Old Republic's website, uh, swtor.com. And, uh, and it says, Dark Horse has joined forces with LucasArts and BioWare, Division of Electronic Arts Incorporated, to create a new comic series published entirely online to introduce both the gaming and comics worlds to the upcoming massively multiplayer online game Star Wars The Old Republic. 
Debuting this month, Star Wars The Old Republic, Thread of Peace, will feature action-packed, character-driven episodes written by BioWare's Rob Chesney and published by Dark Horse. The stories will span the three decades from the pivotal signing of the Treaty of Coruscant to critical events at the beginning of the game. So that's pretty exciting. This is our first bit of real story news for the Old Republic. And, uh, and it's our first chance to really get into it. So I'm excited, and, uh, and I'll definitely be keeping up with this online comic and letting you guys know about it. Um, so head over to the Old Republic website, uh, swtor.com. I'll actually, I'm going to add that as a link uh, on, on the sidebar uh, on, on the site, uh, clonewarspodcast.com. And you guys will be able to find it through there. Uh, but there's also been some other stuff that's come out recently. Uh, video, like a developer video about the planet Tython and, and what kind of a role it'll play in the game. Um, things look pretty far along. I think that we might see this as soon as, as uh, late 2009, uh, early 2010. Um, my guess is like I, I probably lean more towards 2010 for this game coming out than 2009 because otherwise I think we might have heard something already but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there and say we're definitely gonna see this in in like first second quarter of, of 2010 so uh, hopefully we'll get news on that but there's lots of videos lots of new media like uh, concept art and that sort of thing over on their site so you should check it out if you are excited about this game. And if you're not excited about the game, go check it out anyways, because you're going to end up excited about the game just by looking at, at the, the pictures and uh, concept art and reading around a little bit about what they have to say on the site about the game. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So check that out. Uh, that That's our news for this week. Um, the one last piece that I'll say, uh, I'm probably jumping the gun on this because this isn't about... Uh, I mean, I know I'm late. I, I'm going to I'm gonna come out and say that. I, I'm really late with this episode. It's now Saturday that I'm recording. So last night, Hidden Enemy actually aired. And at the end of Hidden Enemy, which I haven't watched yet, because um, I'm not allowed to watch it until I'm finished recording this week's episode. So I apologize for being late. My excuse is that I went to the dentist and I actually had a tooth pulled earlier this week. So I really wasn't feeling up to it yesterday so i left it till today um but apparently the upcoming week uh this coming friday will be a double episode of of the clone wars so you'll get both uh blue shadow virus and oh i should have written this down this you know what the the person who whose uh email i'm gonna read you, you totally win because because I, I didn't have this written down in my notes. Um, Blue Shadow Virus and whatever the episode that comes after that is. Um, so that's pretty exciting that you're going to get a double double dose of the Clone Wars on Friday the 13th. So uh, I guess it's not unlucky after all. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to two episodes in one week. Uh, I'm not looking forward to how I'm going to do that episode, though. But you guys are going to get two episodes this week you're gonna get this episode of Frontlines, the 15th episode for trespass and later on this week i'm gonna get um the episode for hidden enemy out because i want to get back to to doing the episodes a little bit more in advance 
Um, and I think I might start releasing them on the Saturday after they come out. No promises right now because things they get busy, you know, uh, with my work and all that sort of stuff. So uh, no promises, but uh, but I'm gonna try and get on a better schedule for releasing these so that it's not so close to the episodes, the new episodes airing. Um, that's all of our news for this week. Uh, Clone Wars and Frontlines related news. Uh, not really any collecting news either. New York Comic Con is going on right now, this weekend. Um, there's not been a lot of Star Wars related stuff coming out of that, collecting wise uh, or otherwise, yet. But we'll see. We'll see how the weekend pans out. It is only Saturday. There's still, uh, I think, a couple days left of it. Um, there's been big news for a lot of other things. Uh, I, I read a lot of comics, so there's been a lot of crazy stuff coming out uh, for DC and Marvel and that sort of thing. But nothing for Star Wars yet. But New York Comic Con's not really a Star Wars venue, so um, we probably won't hear a ton. Kotobukiya uh, and Gentle Giant have had booths set up for all of their other stuff, all of their other collectibles. So obviously Star Wars has made an appearance at that, but Hasbro, I don't think, has a very big Star Wars presence at, at the New York Comic Con this year because uh, all of the sites that I go to, Jedi Insider, Rebel Scum, uh, Cool Toy Reviews, all those sites, they don't really have anything Star Wars related from Hasbro. So um, I think that they're leaving everything for Toy Fair, which is later this month. So I like expect huge, huge news. There's probably I'm probably gonna have to do an episode and not do any news for the week and just do all collecting news to go over all the stuff that's gonna be announced. Especially considering like the new packaging and all of the stuff for season two. Like who knows what we're gonna see. So um with that, uh I'm gonna go into the weekly recap for the episode Trespass. On the snow-covered planet of Orto Plutonia, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, along with Supreme Chairman Cho and Senator Rio Chuchi of the nearby moon Pantora, have arrived to inspect a Republic outpost that has gone silent. Also along for the mission are R2 and 3PO. Anakin orders Rex and his men to survey the area and place as many sensor beacons as possible before dark. Chairman Cho is eager to find out what happened to the outpost, but Kenobi is apprehensive about rushing in. Cho pays no heed, stating that Pantora holds jurisdiction over Ordo Plutonia, being the only civilization in the system. Kenobi protests, but Cho is quick to point out the Jedi answer to the Senate, and brings Senator Chuchi over to explain. She supports Cho's statement of ownership, but in a more civil manner, referring to Pantora as protectorate of the snowy wasteland. Kenobi agrees and tells Skywalker and the others to wait there while he and the troops inspect the base. Upon entering the base, Kenobi and Rex come upon several clone helmets set atop spears, a foreboding image for any new visitors. Cho suspects Separatists are responsible. Kenobi isn't convinced, though. The computers haven't been touched. Rex reports a droid base on the other side of the ice ridge. The Jedi and their troops head to the droid base using Freeco bikes, personal speeders with windscreens to protect from the cold to traverse the terrain. Upon arriving, they discover the base, a downed Separatist cruiser, in a similar state to their own. 
Droid heads skewered by spears litter the entrance to the base. Skywalker figures it must have been the same group that attacked the outpost. Heading into the ship, Skywalker finds a large footprint. Inspecting the ship's log, they find a hollow recording of a droid being attacked by a large furred creature. Whatever it is, it's a good warrior. The log indicates it's happened in the southern canyon, prompting the team to head there next. Back at the outpost, Cho is barking out orders to the troops to get the weapons and shields back online in case the Separatists come back. Senator Chuchi is not convinced it was Separatists, however. The evidence is inconsistent with a droid attack. Cho reminds her that he has ruled Pantora for longer than she has been alive, and he has mo seen more war than her. He continues, if it's not the Separatists, then it's some other enemy, and they must be prepared. However, Chuchi suggests that if it turns out not to be Separatists, maybe there is a peaceful solution. But Cho is prepared for a fight. In the Southern Canyon, Kenobi spots something amid the cliffs. Their presence is known. Arriving at a small village of animal skin huts, Kenobi and Skywalker introduce themselves to the native species, the Talls. Kenobi cautions them to avoid provoking them, as the droids and clones must have. The Jedi are escorted to the chief of the tribe, Tai Sen, who throws down a spear in front of them. Skywalker thinks they should have brought 3PO along to translate. But in the hut, the Jedi manage to communicate through the use of simple drawings. By nightfall, the Jedi seem to have befriended the Tals as the chief embraces Kenobi in a great bear hug. Returning to the outpost, the clones seem to have gotten most of its systems back online. Cho demands a report. Kenobi states that they seem to have stumbled on an inhabited planet. Cho protests, ignore, uh, arguing that their scouts have never found any signs of life on the planet. The Tals are trespassers. Kenobi counters, saying that the Tals clearly don't possess space travel and must be native inhabitants. Cho continues claiming ownership of the Tals. They must be a threat as they attack the outpost. Kenobi disagrees, saying that they only wish to be left alone and that the outpost got caught in a conflict between the droids and the Tals. Cho orders the troops to prepare for battle, but the Jedi promise no retaliation against the Tals. They've arranged a meeting between the Pantorans and the Tals, but Cho intends to attack them, saying that they don't fall under the protection of convention, sorry, of the Convention of Civilized Systems. Chuchi attempts to calm the chairman down, but he stands firm. The storm prevents the use of the gunships, so, they, so the delegation must take Frico bikes to the Tal's village. Only a small number of troops will be able to accompany them. At the rendezvous, Cho, Cho commands the clones to set up an ambush for the Tal's, but Kenobi countermands that. The Tal's have already arrived. It seems Tai Sen, the chief, doesn't trust them any more than Cho. The Jedi enter the Separatist base and meet with Tai Sen, this time bringing with them C-3PO to translate. Through 3PO, Tai Sen welcomes the Pantorans, but reiterates the Tal's desire to be left alone and asks them to leave the planet. Cho Chi takes his characteristically aggressive stance despite Chu Chi's attempt to represent Pantora. He orders 3PO to translate his provocative statement, the Pantorans will not be commanded. Not surprisingly, this does not go over well with the Tals. Tsai Sen again demands the Pantorans leave. Cho counters that with a declaration of war. 
The Tulls and the Pantorans disgustedly storm out of the negotiations with the Jedi and Senator Chuchi, Chuchi watch, watching helplessly. As Cho leaves the ship, Skywalker tells Rex and the troops to protect the chairman at all costs. The Jedi look to Senator Chuchi to help resolve the dispute. She's not sure what she can do, but Kenobi suggests that she petition the Jedi Council for an intervention without Cho's approval. The Pantoran Speaker of the Assembly could technically approve such a request. They head back to the outpost. Chairman Cho leads a force of Frico and Bark speeders into battle, rushing to face the Narglatch riding Talls. Rex reminds the chair chairman that they are not his soldiers and that they are strictly there for to, to protect him. The Tulls begin attacking, rushing at the, at the speeders. A battle erupts. Rex is forced to jump from his bike when a Narglatch jumps on it and begins clawing at its canopy. The clones are surrounded. They circle their speeders, setting up a defensive formation. The Tulls press the attack. Rex orders a retreat, but Cho refuses. The chairman is struck by a spear and collapses onto the icy ground. Rex stops the Tulls from finishing him off, throwing Cho's wounded form onto a bark speeder, retreating. Tai Sen orders his warriors to pursue. Back at the outpost, Chuchi has managed to convince the assembly that Chairman Cho is in breach of Pantoran law. Chuchi has been given permission to negotiate the treaty between Pantora and the Talls. With this, the Jedi and the remainder of clones head out aboard gunships. Chuchi is hoping that Master Kenobi will negotiate on her behalf, but he reminds her that she represents her people, not the Jedi. With the collapse of an ice bridge in front of them, Rex and his troops are left trapped between the ice cliff and the approaching Talls. The troops, heavily outnumbered, attempt a valiant defense. Thankfully, before they can be overtaken, the sight of the gunship stops the Talls in their tracks. The Jedi have brought reinforcements along with the last chance for peace. Even wounded and dying, Cho still wishes to fight. He orders Chuchi to avenge his death. Chuchi explains that he is no longer in charge of the negotiations as Cho dies. She picks up the chairman's miter and a Tull's spear and approaches Tai Sen. She asks Threepio to, to translate. The chief dismounts and meets her. She drives her spear, the spear into the snow, placing the mitre atop it. She asks the chief for peace. The chief raises his spear in the air above her and buries it in the snow. Threepio translates his agreement to the treaty. The Pantorans will leave the Talls in peace. As the Talls leave, Chuchi rejoins the Jedi. They are most impressed with her, but Kenobi reminds her that now that they have attained peace with the Talls, they must make it last. So that's the episode Trespass, which was a great episode with lots of amazingly awesome action. Um, and contrary to the discussions that we've been having on the forums, uh, not the discussions, but, but one, one user said that the story didn't have, or the, the episode didn't have a lot of story, but I totally disagree with that because th this episode was all story. It was almost all story except for the bit, uh, of action with Rex, which I'll get to later. Um, the majority of it was actually it, it, I was watching it and thinking to myself that it was very similar 
to a lot of the dialogue and and story points of um episode one uh with with all of the the talk of the senate and who answers to who and and you know countermanding orders and all this sort of thing and the assembly of speakers and it was a very very political episode uh amidst a war which was very interesting to see um and with the the political process sort of failing it it it's a great episode for them to put uh juxtaposed to to the last two episodes jedi crash and defenders of peace where the jedi were trying to um defend their position as peacekeepers in the midst of having to fight battles and uh and and the lerman were definitely uh not agreeing with them and saying that they were that they that they weren't peacekeepers but in this episode we see that Anakin and and Obi-Wan have no compulsion to head to war. Uh even I mean you you think Anakin uh being reckless and and pretty headstrong would want to rush into battle against the Talls. Um and he might be quick to react in an aggressive way. But but I think that we can see a lot of growth in his character in how much he wants peace. He doesn't want the the jedi to attack the talls or or the republic to attack the talls and he wants them to find a peaceful solution um and i think this is definitely like the influence of of obi-wan obi-wan definitely brings that out in anakin i think because anakin wants to live up to obi-wan's expectation and obi-wan's the negotiator this is what he does he's he's all about negotiating peace as opposed to uh fighting to solve the problems but it's it's really cool to see it because it translates really well into uh later on in episode three when anakin says that he just wants to bring an end to the war he just wants peace and he, he just wants it to be over and the fighting to end and uh and we see what lengths he's willing to go to so at this point i don't think he's that desperate but uh but later on he definitely does get desperate to end the war um, having fought the war for so long, I'm sure that that's his reasoning. But I, uh, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about Chairman Cho for a bit. This guy was the exact opposite of T. Ka from the last two episodes, the Lerman chief. Um, Senator Cho from Pantora is all about fighting. That's like that's his thing. He just wants to go to war. And he doesn't care who it's with. Um, I mean, he's willing to die for his for his country, for his planet. But uh, but he doesn't necessarily have to. That's the thing is that it's totally futile. That everything could have been solved with a peaceful negotiation, and he wanted to fight. Like it, it was just it was ridiculous. Um, I don't even really know what else to say about the guy. He just he just wanted to fight. He he wouldn't listen to anyone. He was just as stubborn as Tiwat Ka, but in in the complete opposite stance of just going to battle. Um, it's understandable when it's a separatist threat that he would want to defend against it, uh, being a member of the Republic and and perhaps being like a, a 
very staunch member of the republic and believing in what the republic stands for um which is the bureaucratic process which was something that he was very fond of uh always falling behind like legislation and, and laws and that sort of thing to uh to defend his stance that they needed to go to war and that his word was final um but uh but when it comes to the talls i mean like they they're a primitive species um and not really a threat to pantora uh but but cho decides that they own ordo plutonia that the planet belongs to them um which which to me is just ridiculous but i guess i mean as humans i guess that we consider every planet in our solar system to be you know our planets uh if if some other species came in and decided to set up a settlement on mars we'd probably pre be pretty upset about it i know that there'd be a lot of people on earth that would think of it as a declaration of war um especially if if say we had better technology than them which is far-fetched considering we can't make it to mars but you know what i mean like it, say in the future and we've got space travel and that sort of thing and somebody sets up a settlement on one of the planets in our solar system we we'd probably have a problem with it but i think that if we went to another planet and we found civilized life there that we'd be respectful of that uh, at least i would hope so i mean we all know uh, all of you listeners know that i lean more towards obi-wan than any other character so uh so i tend to agree with his stance and his stance is that it's the tall's planet and that that the pantorans have no claim to it but uh but it, this episode brings up something really interesting and that's the convention of civilized systems which we've never heard of any sort of bill of rights or or uh freedoms or anything like that yet in star wars uh in regards to the republic so really cool to finally see something like that in the convention of civilized systems um but it's civilized systems not civilized planets so that makes me think that there is like a primary uh species or civilization that that holds order over a system um the senators aren't from individual planets they're from systems uh like padme is the senator from the system naboo not from the planet naboo from the system naboo because often whatever the primary planet is in a system that's what the system will be named after um so that's whatever planet has the most advanced form of life uh and we see something like in, in the case of naboo which is a good example it, it really relates a lot to to the the situation of the pantorans and the tulls because in on naboo we have the the pan uh, the the naboo this the the humans that live on on the planet and we also have the gungans but the naboo are the ones who represent the gungans in the senate even after the battle of naboo in episode one uh, we have Representative Binks, who who I guess is is the representative for the Gungans on Coruscant, but um, he's second to Senator Amidala. So 
the Tulls are second to the Pantorans, I would think, under the convention of civilized system. I don't know, because this is a completely made-up Bill of Rights or whatever you want to call it. Um, so, the, like, I, I this is all me completely speculating and spitballing off of what we've got in Star Wars already and then this new information. So I'm just trying to make it fit with what we've already seen. And with what we've already seen... Uh, Except in the case of something like Mon Calamari, where you've got the Quarren and the Mon Cal, who are both advanced races uh, on, on a civilized planet. Um, I think that for the most part, we've got the, the more civilized, like the more advanced species on a planet or in a system being the ones who represent them in the Senate. And with that, like under that, you can imagine that... that Chairman Cho is in the right, being the ruler of Pantora. He is also the ruler of this the, the whole system, not just the planet. Um, but they say in the in the episode, it's for the Senate to decide. So obviously, he oversteps his bounds by declaring war. Um, but that's the local customs and and laws of of Pantora that he's overstepping. And, uh, and we see Chuchi use that to her advantage. Now, Chuchi was very much, um, I'm going to call them out and say she was pretty much just Padme on a different planet. Um, a little bit less experienced and a little bit less strong-willed, but the same idea. So we just see it, so, she's sort of like a foil for the character, which a foil is, is for those of you who haven't quite made it into uh the later grades of uh, in English um, in high school. A foil is a character who represents another character in a story. So like you have the main character would be Padme and then Chuchi would be the foil for Padme. So through Chuchi, we see just how strong of a character Padme is, like just how strong-willed she is. Being that they're in the same position, they're both young female senators um, that stand for the same things. They both want peace. They both want an end to conflict. But there's a difference in how they go about it and, and just how willing they are to put themselves on the line. Uh, Padme oftentimes is willing to step right out and, and even be really outspoken to the point of, you know, assassination attempts uh, against her. I mean, she, she's maybe too outspoken. Uh, same as, as Leia we see later on, right? So it was interesting to see that character from another perspective, uh, from another another point of view, as, uh, as Obi-Wan would say. Um, yeah, she's, a, she's an interesting character, but I think a little bit of a cheap shot. Not a cheap shot, but just sort of like a cheap rehashing of a character from before. Um, you could find depth, but I don't think that it's really there. I think that you're sort of placing depth on the character. Um, it would have been more interesting as, as something a little bit more removed from somebody that we've already seen in Star Wars. Uh, something more unique. But, I mean, not, not to take away from the episode, because the episode definitely was good in all of those senses. Um, My last point about about characters, let's well, not about characters, but uh, I just want to bring up three PO being in this episode. Really interesting. Um, 
one of the things he obviously takes a speeder because this the 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 freakos are personal transports like they're individual and all the the only other ships that could go out were the bark speeders so 3po obviously was piloting his own freako bike and uh and you can actually see him behind anakin just at, like as anakin's talking to rex about um about heading out on the Frico bikes because they can't take the gunships. If you look in the background, R2 and 3PO are having a conversation as, as 3PO heads over to one of the Frico bikes to, I assume, get into it, to pilot it, which is really interesting. I thought that they, they, they had the, the detail in the background of him getting into one of the, the bikes. We don't see him actually get in because I think logistically it's a little bit difficult, kind of like how we never see how R2 ever dealt with any stairs or anything like that in episode two, uh, until, until he gets the little jets. Um, so I thought that was really cool and really good point to Rand. But I think that again, like three PO bringing in three PO didn't make any sense to me because three PO is with Padme. Um, why would he all of a sudden be with Anakin and Obi-Wan? He's not the only protocol droid in the Star Wars universe. There's lots of them. Why wouldn't they just bring a different protocol droid? There's probably like dozens, if not hundreds of them on every Republic cruiser. They're, they're commonly found. I mean, we see TC-14 in Episode 1 who looks exactly like 3PO, only TC-14 is silver instead of gold. It's ridiculous to me that they would bring 3PO all the way, but I guess that they just wanted the recognizable character instead of bringing in a new one. Because if they would have brought in a new protocol droid, most people probably would have gone, well, why couldn't we see 3PO in that role? Um, but, you know, that's, uh, I guess that's just my opinion. That I, I would rather see unique new characters than to see the old characters brought back in. Um, it's interesting to see them develop, but in the instance of someone like 3PO, 3PO is not going to develop as a character. He's pretty much the same guy from episode one through to episode six, through all the way to the end of the books, as far as they've gone right now. I mean, like 3PO is 3PO, but, uh, it was still cool. Kind of cool to see him. It was cool to see him. If we, even though we didn't get to see him pilot one of the Freakos, it was cool to know that he was piloting one of the Freakos. Um, what else about this episode let's see okay i've been holding off on this rex rex is definitely the standout character for this episode because he was totally ba which i'm not going to explain what ba stands for but most of you probably know um i'm going to use a word that i'm not supposed to use anymore and that is intense uh, but Rex was intense. He was totally intense. He was the most intense clone trooper we have ever seen in the entire Star Wars saga. Um, wow. He was ridiculous. Between defending uh, everyone else, piloting the bike, uh, just shooting and twisting around and taking out so many guys and never really losing any ground. And, uh, and the moment when he went after chairman Cho gets, gets speared and, uh, and Rex 
rescues him and like just lifts him with one hand throwing him onto his shoulder and then slumping him onto the front of the bark speeder um it's set i think i think i i we hear in the commentary from dave filoni for this episode he says either rex is really strong or chairman cho is really really light and uh or here's the other option the other option is that Order to Plutonia has a really, really light gravity. It is possible that that's the case because we do see the the talls on the the narglatches moving pretty swiftly among those cliff faces, and and maybe that's why. I'm gonna say here's here's my retcon explanation. Order to Plutonia really low gravity, like let's say uh, a third no not a third like two-thirds earth gravity so for rex who's already really strong i mean he's a clone trooper he's bred for that kind of thing um and and uh chairman cho looks like a pretty thin guy so for rex to pick him up and throw him onto the bike not that big of a deal because of the uh the low gravity on the planet makes sense to me um that's Rex. I mean, like, I don't have a lot to say about it other than he, that he was awesome. He was just wicked, awesome, intense, radical, tubular mondo. I mean, they, they're every single 80s piece of vernacular that you can think of uh, that that explains that something is cool. Let's throw it on Rex for this episode. Not to mention, I mean, I went over this. I haven't even gotten to it, but I went over this last week's episode the costume designs uh the new models so cool so cool and i hope i hope 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 that we get action figures for every single new character model in this episode i want an action figure for rex in the snow the snow gear like the snow trooper style i want obi-wan and anakin i want multiple clone troopers i want talls i want narglatch i want freako bikes spark speeders with with the snow troopers i want to see all of this stuff there's no reason why i mean let's 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 be a little cynical for a second and say that they do stuff like this just so that they can make action figures like so they can make more action figures and sell more toys if that's the case great awesome I want these action figures and toys like all those cynical people who go off about that and, and go, Oh, well, George Lucas just comes up with these new designs so that he can sell more toys. He just came up with Ewoks so he could sell toys. I don't care why he came up with them. And if it was to sell toys, because guess what? I want the toys. Like, why would you not want more cool stuff? Like, why why do people try and take away from that? Like, they just can't bear to have somebody else come up with something cooler than they could possibly come up with in a million years. And I, for one, like, I appreciate it. And, and I definitely envy the guys who get to come up with this stuff. I wish that I could be in their place coming up with cool designs and that sort of thing. For Star Wars, who doesn't? Everybody thinks that they've got great ideas, and everybody probably does. But when it comes right down to it, the people who get to do it are the people who get to do it. And all I can do is appreciate the work that they've done. And when I see the work that they've done and how cool it is, I want action figures based on that. There's nothing marketing savvy about it 
if you have a cool idea, people want to share in that cool idea. People want a piece of it. It's not that George Lucas is sitting there going, what can I do to sell more action figures? He's going, what can I do to make Star Wars even cooler? What can I do to make this series better, to make the show better? I mean, this is what Dave Filoni is doing. This is what everybody who's involved is doing. They just want to make it better. And as they make it better, all they end up doing is making us want stuff more. I mean, we're already fans, which is short for fanatic. And a fanatic is someone who can't control themselves and wants everything. And and that's us. We want everything. Like, I want all of these action figures so badly. I want... I can't wait for Wave 5 of the, of the Clone Wars stuff to come out so that I can get my Kit Fisto action figure. I'm waiting for Wave 4 to show up so I can get Plo Koon. When I first started out getting these these figures... I just thought I'd buy Obi-Wan and that would be it. And I was like, I'll be fine with that. Obi-Wan looks cool. It, I'll, 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 I'll buy it so that I can review it for you guys. I bought that figure, opened it up, took a look at it, and went, this is wicked. This is one of the coolest action figures that they have done in a long time. And I love the designs of the Clone Wars series. I love the way that everything looks and the way that... that that they keep reinventing the style of the characters. And I want action figures for all of it. And there's nothing shameful about it. It's just I enjoy Star Wars and I want a piece of it to take home. And they, sh the people who create it shouldn't be ashamed of it. And the people who are cynical and like insulting to Star Wars because they're just jealous. They can't deal with it. They can't deal with something is cool and that they're not a part of it. But... There's no reason why they can't be a part of it other than they have too much pride and they, they can't they can't bring themselves to say that they're Star Wars fans. That's just sad to me because being a Star Wars fan is probably one of the favorite parts about myself that I have. I mean, I get to do something awesome like host a podcast that you guys enjoy listening to. Every week when I do this, uh, I have I there, I've said before that there's a lot of work that goes into each and every one of these episodes, but every time that I get down on that and I start thinking, oh, what a pain in the butt! I got to do another episode. I think, but you guys want it, you guys expect it, and you guys are waiting for it, and I can't let you guys down, whether I'm in a bad mood or not, whether I had a tooth yanked out of my mouth or not. I have to do an episode because I'm part of the Star Wars community. I do this for you guys to be a part of the community, to give back, to contribute in some way, because I can't, I, I'm not a part of, of Star Wars in any direct way. So I had to find a way to make myself a part of Star Wars rather than being cynical and, and trying to take Star Wars fans down a peg. I try and lift you guys up and say, you know, this is why Star Wars is awesome. I justifying you guys being so crazy about this stuff. I try and justify why everybody is out there, I mean, at New York Comic Con right now in Stormtrooper outfits. Uh, I mean, I've gone off on a total rant here that I was not expecting to go off on, but I'm glad that I did because uh, cause I couldn't be happier to be a Star Wars fan when I get to go off on rants like this and defend us and say that there's nothing wrong with anything that we do. There's nothing wrong with the scores of us that have 
action figures littering our homes, our bedrooms, our apartments, our houses. You know, like it, it really doesn't matter because it's just something to be a part of. It's it's a community to be a part of. And it's a great community to be a part of. I mean, you guys are so supporting in me doing this podcast, even though I don't think that it's necessarily the greatest podcast in the world. But so many of you guys are out there saying, you know, it's it's awesome, it's great, which makes me feel good, which makes me want to do the podcast even more. So there's nothing wrong with being a Star Wars fan. No one should be ashamed of it. We're an awesome community, and... They can all just, you know, be jerks. Whatever. It doesn't affect us. We're still going to watch The Clone Wars. We're still going to love it. We're still going to watch our movies. We're still going to dress up like characters from the movies. Because we want people to know how awesome Star Wars is. And when they can't deal with it, they can't deal with it. And there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is just keep on being Star Wars fans. So, with that, I'm going to make my last point about uh, this the this episode and just talk about the Tulls. I know that there's been discussion on the forums about this, um, and I've gotten an email about it, and about how the Tulls could be on this planet and not be spacefaring, and and yet we see them later on, and uh, and there there was definitely a continuity discussion in regards to the other Clone Wars series, the micro series. And uh, Foul Modama, who uh, who was a Tall's Jedi that defended the Chancellor uh, Chancellor Palpatine against Grievous, um, he was the one who did the like the big uh, voice attack, like he, like the the sonic boom sort of thing um, to take out Grievous. Uh, this is the I think this is the official word on that is that. The Clone Wars micro series isn't canon, um, and for obvious reason. I mean, you look at a lot of the stuff from the Clone Wars micro series, and and it's obviously very out there. It's not Star Wars in the strictest sense. It's a it's a sort of a reimagining, a reinterpretation of Star Wars. So in the same sense that I'm going to take it out of Star Wars for a second. In the same sense that Smallville is not Superman. And they're, but they are both Superman at the same time. Uh, they're just reinterpretations. They're different versions of the stories. And I always like to say with Star Wars is that it's it's myth. It's, it's legend. And with all legends, I mean, how many different versions of the story of King Arthur have we heard? Um, not like, I mean, not including Star Wars, which has elements of the Arthur story. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a storytelling device or a storytelling uh, genre, I guess, that fits into to that of, of myth-making. And, and there's always multiple interpretations for everything. And for me, when it comes to canon, and, and a lot of the guys on the forum that are, that are also saying this, um, it's all open to interpretation. You take what you like and you build your canon from that. Uh, there are people who only stick to G-level canon, which is the stuff that comes straight from George Lucas, which the Clone Wars series, Star Wars The Clone Wars, the computer animated series that I do this podcast about, G-level canon. Everything that happens in this series is G-level canon. This is the official story 
for what happened in between episode two and episode three. Yes, we do have a lot of other stuff that fits in there as well, but this is the official canon. So if you're a G-level canon kind of guy or girl, this is it. Like, this is the definitive word. So when it comes right down to it, everything else we've ever heard about the Talls, this is it. This is their origin. It's not their definitive origin where they, they come from, you know, uh, in the greater scheme of things. Who knows? Maybe Ordo Plutonia is not their home planet. Maybe the Talls on Ordo Plutonia are descendants of a ship that crashed thousands of years ago and they've just adapted to the planet and they've just learned to live here um the only example of a talls in the actual movie or in the actual film star wars is in a new hope in the cantina and in the cantina there is one talls and uh his name's escaping me right now um but uh, but if you if you actually head on to StarWars.com, there's a great article about this that that sort of explains the canon of the Talls and and just where they come from and where they fit into everything. It's got some great trivia about other histories, like very uh, variant histories of of the Talls, because there was some stuff in the De Decipher card series, the card the CCG Customizable Card Game. Which actually, for a lot of us, is where we got a lot of the history of Star Wars. I know for me, that was one of the first places that I found history in Star Wars. I started collecting that card game and reading the, the flavor text on the cards. And it started giving backgrounds to things that didn't have backgrounds before. Um, I mean, it introduced a character, Davin Felt, who ended up going on to be a character that... that uh, that was a pretty big deal in, this, in the, the expanded universe later on. So, um, there's lots of different sources for all of these different pieces of history, but when it comes right down to it, the definitive canon for most people is G-level canon, and, and the series is G-level canon. So, um, take everything else and try and fit it into the interpretation that is the Clone Wars and the movies. And if you do that, you'll find the place where everything fits. Um, with that said, the Talls were awesome. I think that they were used really, really well in this episode. Uh, and a great species. Uh, although they might be a little bit more aggressive than I would expect a species with a with like a proboscis instead of a mouth because um, I can't imagine that they're they're carnivorous that they that they hunt for sport or well that they hunt for food um, maybe they hunt for sport maybe they have developed these uh, weapons and, and hunting skills or warrior skills uh, as a defense against other creatures on the planet I mean we've seen other ice planets and they definitely they definitely breed angry animals such as wampas. So, and I mean, like the narglatch are no, they're no, uh, I can't think of the word. Um, but they definitely fit into that category of being harsh, cold weather animals, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and I mean, on our own planet, we have polar bears, which are like 
some of the fiercest animals on the planet. So, um, evolution wise, I guess that kind of makes sense, but it's still, it, it's a little odd to me, but when it comes right down to it, it was really cool to see them in that capacity. And they, they obviously don't want to fight if they don't have to, they were really willing to make peace, but the droids attacked them, presumably. Um, and so they just struck back. They, they were purely defensive. Uh, but still formidable warriors nonetheless. Uh, maybe they, they fight with each other. Maybe there are warring factions on the planet. But I find that difficult to believe because then the Pantorans probably would have noticed them at some point. But, uh, but other than that, they were really, really well used. I really liked them in the episode. Gave me a new respect for the species. I didn't really care for them before. Now I kind of think... Talls are pretty cool. I wouldn't want to meet one in a dark alley. So, uh, so maybe we'll see some more from them uh, in the Star Wars universe after this, uh, with them having a definitive history now. Um, with that, uh, that that's that's my thoughts on on this episode, and uh, and I'm gonna move into the mailbag. And this is a this is a controversial email that I got. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to read it, but I figured that I owe it to you guys to not censor the mail that you send. And this one comes from Anthony Madden, and he says, Dear Mr. Cohen, I'd like to say thanks for the great podcast that you do every week. I download it onto my PSP and listen to it on my one and a half hour train commute to the college I teach English at in Tokyo. I've been listening to your podcast since the very beginning, and I find it to satisfy my Clone Wars hunger until the next episode comes out. I like the fact that you don't just babble forth with geekish praise for every episode. You actually do a good job in pointing out inconsistent story beats and weak plots that have been the case with a few episodes. With that said, I wonder what will happen to this podcast during the season breaks. Hmm... Anyway, I wanted to say that your podcast is very good, but please be careful to avoid the pitfalls of other such podcasts. That is the tendency to ramble. Many people think that the unplanned, spontaneous, and unstructured podcast is very cool. Unfortunately, that format lends itself to babbling. The saying of the same things over and over. The sayings of the same things over and over. He actually writes that. I, he's being funny, which I get it. It is funny. Having your talking points in front of you, however, leads to a better, more concise podcast. So far, you aren't annoyingly bad with the ramblings or the digressions, but try expanding your vocabulary and way of expressing your likes and dislikes about the show. You say the word intense more times than I can count or want to hear during your podcast. Everything cannot be intense or totally intense. Try mixing it up with different adjectives or adverbs. Thesaurus.com would help. Also, make sure you get your Star Wars and EU information correct. A few times I just wanted to scream at you when you get something so basic completely wrong. All it would take is a few clicks of a mouse to find the right answer. Please be mindful of this in future podcasts. He's got mindful in, uh, in, in quotations, I think, because, uh, because of the constant use of that word by uh, Obi-Wan and other Jedi. I know it isn't easy putting out a regular podcast every week, so I applaud you for your consistency in doing so. Thank you for your de dedication to the Star Wars community. Kind regards, Anthony Madden, Fujisawa, Japan. Uh, well, thank you for your words, Anthony. Uh, I appreciate your candor. Um, 
I'll say that the 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 show is actually very structured. Um, I do a weekly rec or like I write out the weekly recaps every week rather than just trying to go off the cuff for what happened in the episode. Um, mostly because I don't want to miss anything. Um, everything else is actually also really really written out. Um, as far as the news and everything, like I write that all beforehand. Um, I'll tend to add stuff as I'm doing the episode because. I'll think of something that I didn't think of when I was writing out the episode, uh, the, uh, the episode rundown, um, which, uh, which if you guys want to see the rundowns, I can actually post one on the forum, like a full rundown and you can see just how much goes into putting together one of these episodes. Um, cause I have no problem sharing that with you guys. Uh, which I'll, I'll go on and I'll post that after this episode is over. Um, after I'm done recording and, and uploading it, um, which I've started uploading the, uh, the, the recaps. So I can, I can definitely upload or, uh, post one of the, uh, one of the rundowns with all of the stuff that I put into it. Um, I don't, like to to nail down what i'm gonna say about the episode though because i find that the stuff that i come up with off the cuff is better than the stuff that that i could have written down and and i don't limit myself that way and and it it allows me to go off on tangents which uh in this episode i definitely have we've gone i'm a, i'm almost at an hour now um which I wouldn't be almost at an hour if I didn't go off on that tangent. And I think the episodes would definitely be shorter and, uh, and you need them for that one and a half hour commute. So I'm, um, I mean, this is, this is working out for you in the end. Um, as for the word intense, I use the word intense a lot. That is because the clone wars is intense. It's, it's an intense series. And I think that I, the only word for it is intense. Um, if something's not intense, I'm not going to use the word intense to say that it's intense. But if it is intense, I'm going to say it's intense. That's just the way I am. Um, I'll try not to use the word intense as much because I know you, you don't want me to use intense as much as I use it. But I'm going to use the word intense. That's just the way it is. That's just the way I am. And I do repeat myself. But I only repeat myself when it's important to repeat myself and I have something that needs to be repeated. Um, let's see, what other issues do you have? You've got an issue with, with me getting my Star Wars and Expanded Universe information incorrect. Here's the thing with that, and I'm going to be very defensive about this because I think that regardless of whether or not I do a Star Wars podcast, I don't know everything about Star Wars. I know uh, I've talked with other people who do podcasts. I was actually talking to a guy, the guy who runs the local comic shop about this last night um, when I should have been recording the podcast. Uh, you guys tend to put us up on pedestals, people people in positions of, of assumed authority. I mean, I assumed this position. Nobody gave me this position. I took it upon myself to be a podcast host. Um, I know that that uh, Steve and Derek, who do uh, the, the Starkville's House of L podcast for Smallville, also find themselves in this position. And that's that all of a sudden we're the automatic authority on all things Star Wars, Superman, comic books, whatever. 
and we're expected to know everything. Um, I'll tell you, I know a lot about Star Wars. I, I know tons and tons. I don't know everything, and I cannot remember everything all of the time, especially when I'm on the spot recording an episode. Uh, I, I actually defy anybody to be able to do that, and I don't like having... I, an internet browser open because first of all it can interfere with the quality of the recording of the podcast which i'm trying to fix that so um i don't want to do that i don't like the sound of the clicking mouse which you get with other podcasts i know that i've heard it on the force cast previously uh when i've listened to it you can hear them sort of clicking and clacking away as they try and figure things out uh when they can't remember the name of something but i uh, but I mean, it's just the way it is. I can't know everything. No one does. So I'm going to get things wrong. Anyone who does a Star Wars podcast is going to get things wrong because there are so many different Star Wars stories. There's so many contradicting Star Wars stories. I mean, I've gone over that talking about the Talls. Um, a year from now, if you ask me about the Talls, I might not remember everything that I remember right now. Uh, and I might misinterpret things, and I might confuse them with, with, uh, with other talls. Muftak, that's his name. That was the name of the talls. See, and then other times I just randomly remember things. Uh, Muftak was the name of the talls in the cantina. In A New Hope. So there we go. Muftak. Okay, back to on topic. Um, not everybody knows all the all the stuff. I don't read all of the expanded universe stuff. Uh, so I don't have a direct reference for absolutely everything. I do my best to know as much as possible when I'm talking about something. And that's not just about Star Wars. That's about anything in life. So, um, I like to think I'm pretty well educated in most respects and especially about Star Wars. I apologize for any information that I do get wrong. And I welcome you guys that when I get something wrong, write it down and send me an email. And, and correct me so that hopefully in the future I don't get that wrong and so that I have a reference for it. Because um, as, as, at the moment, my direct reference for most things is that, that essential chronology that I'm still trying to get through. Um, I'll tell you, I have so many things to read right now that it's stopping me from getting anything read. Because not only am I a Star Wars fan, but I'm also a Superman fan. I read a lot of DC comics. I also read some some uh, independent comics and some Marvel comics, and on top of that, I I read other things other than than geek stuff. So, and I also watch a lot of TV shows like Lost and and uh, Heroes and Terminator and all that sort of stuff. So I got to keep up with a lot of things. There's a lot of useless information in my head, and not all of it is Star Wars. So maybe I'm not as dedicated to the cause as I could be, but uh, but I like to think I do pretty well. So um, I'll do my best to research things beforehand. I always do try and research things beforehand, but when it comes right down to it, when I'm sitting in front of the, the microphone, I don't edit these uh, in so much as like, sometimes I'll, if I cough or something like that, I'll cut it out or I'll do it, I'll take something again. But I don't try and change what what my thoughts are or or stop the recording so that i can research something and come back and make a point um this is like a conversation 
that that's what I hope it comes across as is a conversation between me and you guys, the listeners. Uh, I definitely look up to Steve and Derek who do all of their podcasts, Sky Next, Shoe, uh, 10th Wonder, uh, Geek Out Loud, everything that everybody else does where, where it's an active conversation with the listening audience. That's what I live up to and I'm trying to accomplish with this podcast. So I hope that that comes across. Um, and in that sense, I'm not going to make my side of the conversation flawless because I don't think that's fair to you guys. I slip up and I make mistakes. Um, the last thing I want to address in your email is what I'm going to do during the season break. Uh, when the episodes, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but my numbering for the episodes has actually met up with the numbering of, of uh, the episodes of The Clone Wars. So I'm going to try and keep that. Uh, and what I'm actually going to do for Season 2 is when we get into Season 2, the numbering is going to start back at 1. So uh, I'm going to consider it a second season for myself. That's not saying that I'm not going to do anything in the interim. Uh, obviously, I've told you guys that I'm going to continue to report on the Old Republic and other Clone Wars news. Um, there will still be other stuff to talk about. There's still comic books. There's still action figures. And I'll still talk about that stuff. Um, definitely, I'll probably do something around the time of E3, which is in May. Um, I'll definitely do something uh, as as we come up to the beginning of the season. I'll, I'll do a recap of any important story points from Season 1 that we're going to need to go into Season 2, if that ends up being the case. Um, there are conventions during the summer that I might make my way to. I'm going to try and actually, this isn't during the summer, but this is in April, I'm going to try and get out to Emerald City Comic Con so anybody who's in the Washington area or anybody that's going to Emerald City Comic Con, definitely email me, mcohen at clonewarspodcast.com, and, uh, and let me know that you're going to be there so that if I am there, we can do something. I want to do a live show from, from Emerald City Comic Con. I, I want to make it back out to the Penny Arcade Expo, which I know that there's lots of Star Wars fans. I want to do a live show from that. So all of these instances... Um, they're going to be special shows. They're not going to be in the conventional numbering system that they're, that the episodes are in right now. Um, I might go back and redo the numbering of the episodes, uh, on the, on the site so that they all say season one, episode one, that sort of thing. Cause I know that there was a bit of an issue when I changed over from the Roman numeral numbering system to the, to this numbering system, like the, the alphanumeric numbering system. Um, and it's because I'm going to do what I'm going to do with season two. So uh, other things are going to be called different things. Like like if I do a live show from somewhere, it's going to be called Frontline Special Report Live Show from whatever. Um, and over the summer, they'll have, they'll have names. Like each episode will have a name instead of a number. But for this, the, this way at least the numbers will match up with the episodes of the show so you'll always know if, you, if you're watching the episode trespass and you know that it's number 15 you'll be able to go back to front lines and download number 15 for people who come into it later on um, and know that it syncs up with the show and uh, 
and I think that that'll work pretty well. I like the idea of it, uh, and and I definitely like it matching up with season two, and later on with season four or season three, four, five, uh, as we go on in the series. So, um, it means that I'm never gonna have an episode one hundred, but I will have a one hundredth episode because I'll keep track of how many episodes I've put out. But we'll see how things go. I won't be going dark over the summer. I, uh, I will still be doing things with the website. I'll still be on the forums. There will still be a Frontlines community. I won't be doing weekly episodes though. I can tell you that. So you guys are prepared right now. Um, I will be doing other things during the summer that'll keep me away from podcasting. So, um, I won't have the ability to put out episodes every week. Uh, and and you guys now know that uh, I'm being totally upfront and honest about it um i hope that's not upsetting i'm sure it will be upsetting to some people because they'll want me to do episodes on a regular basis over the summer but uh you know what nobody does uh nobody uh, other than other than the guys who do a weekly episode that's not based around a tv show um anyone who does a, a, a podcast that centers around a tv show they tend to go pretty quiet over the summer over hiatus um so that's just the way it is and that's the way that i've got to do it for for it to meet up with the rest of the stuff in my life but i mean i i'm hoping that during the summer i can get out there and i can meet some of you guys and i can get to different parts of the world i'd love it if i can get to comic-con um i don't know how i'm gonna do that at this point uh if i've got to sell t-shirts which now that i've said that you guys are probably gonna want t-shirts if I've got to sell uh, mugs and coasters and whatever I can sell to, uh, to, to raise the money to get to, to San Diego Comic-Con, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be there and, uh, and meet up with you guys and do a show from San Diego Comic-Con. If not, uh, I'm going to try and get to the local conventions that I can, which are in Seattle, uh, Emerald City Comic-Con. going to try and get down for uh, Penny Arcade Expo because I know a lot of people go to that. Um, and I've gone to it previously and I love Penny Arcade Expo. It's one of my favorite conventions to go to. Um, and later on, I'd love to, to, to go to Dragon Con because I know that a lot of guys go to Dragon Con. I'd love to go to all the conventions during the summer and meet you guys, meet, meet the listeners because I feel like, especially through the forums now, I have a conversation with you guys every week about these episodes and about Star Wars in general. So... I want to put faces to the names and I want to, I want to really get out there and be a part of the community. Um, so that's the plan during, during the season break. And, uh, and, and hopefully you guys are okay with that. Um, this has been a long episode. I'm, I'm already at like an hour and 10 minutes into recording it. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to stop the discussion of your mail there. You such a large piece of mail. So many things to talk about. Uh, it took a while to get through all that. Um, so from our mailbag, we go into the forum post of the week. And the forum post of the week this week comes from Darth Creel. And his post is Star Wars Mechanics. And he says, this is, this is his post, I've already stated that I don't care about discrepancies with the timeline. But I do care about the mechanics. There is no way that they would have been able to go to hyperspace within the atmosphere of a planet in the episode Jedi Crash. That bugs me. 
If you guys want to comment on that one or think of any other mechanical discrepancies, please post them. Or if you don't care, then tell me I care too much. <laughs> this would also be a good place to argue about what is or isn't possible in the Star Wars universe. Um, so I actually got in there and I talked about it and I said, because I, somebody else brought up the, the idea of the gravity well and uh, interditers, uh, interditer cruisers, which uh, interditers are what bring ships out of hyperspace. Um, the Empire uses them in order to like sort of stop ships that are in hyperspace from from going through certain systems, sort of like a road check, like a like a roadblock, I guess you could say, but uh, but a hyperspace roadblock. Um, and they do it by generating a gravity well, and they say that you can't escape from the gravity well, uh, and that's not necessarily true. You can escape with. An you just can't calculate your jumps properly from within the gravity well. You have to get outside of the gravity well of a system or of a, of a planet in order to make the jump properly because the gravity well will spin you. Like it's, You have to avoid gravity wells in hyperspace because they're kind of like potholes. They're like galactic potholes, only they have planets around them um, or inside them or whatever. I mean, you can have spatial anomalies as well that are gravity wells that can pull you out of hyperspace um, anyone who plays the star wars role-playing game knows this because when you calculate your jump you make your roll um you can actually oftentimes if you roll poorly end up in a gravity well that pulls you out of hyperspace in another system or in the middle of space and you just have to recalculate your jump um but you can make a jump from a gravity well and this this is a great example of it because it's a miscalculated jump. It puts them right in the path of a star, which is not where they want to be. That's why you don't make a jump from a gravity well, because you don't want to be in the path of a star or any other celestial body that will destroy you. Um, and, uh, and I don't know if there's any other examples in Star Wars of this happening, but... It is definitely it is definitely supported, and a couple of the other guys in the forum have supported me in this. Um, but this just brings up other things. Uh, I mean, the Lerman, for instance, and they're spinning around and stuff like that. That's a little bit ridiculous to me, mechanically speaking. Um, C-3PO getting into a Frico bike in this episode and then getting out and then C-3PO walking through the snow. He's made of metal. Um, that can't be good for him. I mean, he says in, in, in Empire Strikes Back, 3PO says that his joints are freezing up. So, or it, no, he says that in A New Hope because deserts get cold at night. So, in any case... Um, he can't withstand the cold like that, but somehow they managed to just put him out there. And it doesn't matter. I mean, one person said, I can't remember if it was in this forum or if it was in another forum, but somebody said, if it happens in Star Wars, like if it happened on screen, then it happened. There is no mechanical failure in the, in the like there's no continuity error there. That's what happened. So that's the way that it works. And now we have to figure out how that works. And I totally agree with that. It's like, uh, I don't like getting into this stuff, the continuity stuff and the mechanics and that sort of thing with Star Wars because 
when it comes right down to it, it's a made up story about blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, it, my example always comes down to the people who argue about the length of a star destroyer and the inconsistencies between the length of star destroyers. And there's an easy explanation for it. There are different classes of star destroyers. That's, that's an excellent explanation, but that's not good enough for some people. They should all be consistent and all be exactly the same. Here's what it comes down to. There were different people filming different things at different times. There are years between them making different Star Wars movies. Yes, they try and make things work, but not everything works. It doesn't all work. And, and they got to fudge stuff. They're movies, for goodness sake. I mean, that's all I have to say about it. That's all I have to say about inconsistencies in mechanics and whatever. It's our job, if we've got a problem with it, to justify it for them. Or for them to come up with other justifications. However they do it. With that said, uh, I want to know what you guys have to say about this. So head over to our forums um and and join up and become a member and get into the discussion we've got awesome discussions going on and uh and that's just one of them so uh, head over to geekoutpodcast.com slash forums and join the forums i guess that puts me at the end of the episode that's it uh thanks for listening don't forget to check us out online at clonewarspodcast.com Take a moment, fill out our listener survey. That way I can get sponsors and then I can do contests. What I want to do is that the the listener, the, the forum post of the week, I want to give that person a prize um, because I feel like it should be rewarded. Good forum topics are hard to come by. Sometimes forums can be a difficult place to have conversations, which is completely counterpoint to a forum. So when you when – you, uh, compliment the forums by having great conversation topics I want to reward that for sure and I want to reward you guys for being a part of the forum and being a part of the community so fill out our listener survey if you fill out the listener survey I'll get a, a sponsor and once I have a sponsor I can start doing contests once I start doing contests I can start rewarding people for listening to the show and I want to be that show I want it like because I used to watch uh, a lot of talk shows and stuff where they give away prizes and that sort of thing and I love that, and I and I want to be one of those shows that gives away prizes just for you guys being a part of it. Um, and you can be a part of it by following us on Twitter. Our username is Clone Wars. I'm getting more and more people. I still haven't checked. I need to check and see how many people are following us on Twitter. But it's great. We got lots of people following on Twitter. Head over to Facebook. Join our group. We're at 68 the last time I checked, um, which I want to get to 100. That's my goal. Once I'm at 100, I can die happy. Uh, but hopefully I won't and then head over to the geek out loud forums and join up geekoutpodcast.com slash forums as I've already said and don't just check out our forums don't stick to our forums head into the other sections there's a Star Wars section there's a DC comics Marvel comics there's sections about TV shows there's sections for other podcasts such as uh, views from the long box box uh, a shadowy flight which is a, a night rider podcast i don't listen to night or watch night rider or listen to that podcast but if you like night rider check that out um who else is in there uh there's other there's other people in the forum that definitely deserve you to get in on the discussion and to listen to their podcast i know that there's been a couple of you that have gone over and listened to geek out loud 
everybody should be listening to Geek Out Loud. Steve is excellent. He's one of the best podcast hosts on the internet, and you should all be listening to his podcast. Um, with that, there's the episode. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, as I did with last week's episode, I'm going to end on a new note. And that is, may the force be with you. And I will see you guys next week. 